Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Muhammad Baker, I mean Shaker, acted. <laughs> I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How are you doing? I feel very well. Good. Good. That's good to hear. Everyone's asking I, me, I am how certain, are you feeling? I am certain that so many people have been wondering how you are feeling. Yeah. First and foremost, let us thank our good friends at Low Tide Kava Bar. Oh, sh- that was not sealed. No. For the <laughs> Low Tide Kava Bar for the uh, kava we're going to be drinking today. This is actually the first thing I asked for when I, uh, my buddy, my buddy Todd Johnson, um, did the extra step of <laughs> figuring out where they were holding me, and leaving a message i'll tell you more about that and when i talked to him the first thing i said is can you give me some kava in here (laughs) 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 we got t-shirts we do yeah we do you can get uh t-shirts if you like the t if you were watching us uh and you like the t-shirt that i am wearing you can get your very own on our website at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Try to maintain the positioning you're at and show them the back, too. Yeah, that's going to be difficult, but... Yeah. Well, basically, he's got the logo back there. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah our friend, um, he's a fellow veteran, Sterling, um, has a shop and decided he wants to help us out a little bit. So we got t-shirts now. We do. Um, and they come in uh, size from extra small all the way up to 3XL. And uh, we have men's and women's cut. Yeah, there you go. So, so we've got T-shirts for nothing for the non-binary. Sorry, no, sorry. We've those are your options. <laughs> those are your options. We don't have anything else. Um, you could also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom on Twitter at muddied underscore waters or on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom. And there's a little shop link on the website. There if is you... a shop link on the website just to the right of episodes on the homepage. So, yeah. Yeah. So normally we would sit here and talk about our weeks. And even though I'm certain my week was more <laughs> eventful than yours, I know everybody wants to know about yours. Yeah. Because you had quite the experience this week. Yeah. So I'm just, what, tell us about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, see, you got, um, it's going to be kind of hard to talk about this, guys, for a few reasons. Actually, well, two main reasons. Um, the The first reason it's going to be really hard to talk about this is it involves my family. Um, the other reason is I do have depression anxiety i have mental health problems and i think everybody really knows that by now because i've talked about it once or twice um and although um although i disagree and i'm not happy about what happened um 
I want everybody to uh, just give me the respect of just keep my family out of it. That's going to be between myself and my family. Uh, I do think there was a pretty big issue when the police uh, were called, um, especially because well, this is something I, I probably not a lot of you guys know about. Well, I was deployed to Iraq in 2010. Um, my parents were victims of police brutality, and I don't know if you know about this. I know about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the Pinellas County Sheriff um, just used way too much. Um, it was it was abusive. They were way too physical with them, and then they threw them in um, they threw them in jail overnight, not for any good reason. It's a long story. It involves my my uncle and his daughter, my cousin, and uh parental um rights over their children at the time he was going through a divorce um and then for whatever reason my parents got caught up to it so it was it was a pretty pretty tough time but you know I was pretty pretty mad that the they trust the police so much after what happened to them um but that's them um but yeah, so you know what, what happened was on Sunday uh, there was an argument between myself and uh, my father. Uh, does not matter what the argument itself was about, but there was one, and I got real loud uh, to a level that mo- I know nobody has ever seen. Like I don't usually get like that. It's that kind of crazy that we've all probably had at some point um and then the police came and they five of them my dad asked me to come out and speak to them so i went out and spoke to them um and basically they assumed that there was a knife involved and i may have been trying to hurt myself and so we talked about it. I said, no, I'm not trying to hurt myself, so on and so forth, conversation with the police. <laughs> and then they um, offered me to, you know, hey, is there anything we can do or whatever, you know? And I said, um, well, is there anything we can do? Can we take you to the VA? So when they said that in my head, I thought, you know, a few things, get myself away from my parents, my parents away from me, since we're having this issue right now. That's perfect. And the second thing that I would do is go into the VA, put those cops at ease because there's five of them. Just put them at ease. They can take care of me and I'll be the this whole thing could just die off. Um, so they suggested I guess this is where I was told by my one of my friends who was a police officer that that's where I messed up is they uh they suggested that somebody go inside grab me my shoes and i refused <laughs> to let that happen because yeah, that, that was where you made the mistake yeah yeah because i'm I, an adult <laughs> and i i get your point and but that was as somebody said yesterday they said that was where muhammad's fake republican should have just kicked in and he should have just been like okay i'm gonna listen to authority on this <laughs> yeah. one <laughs> yeah yep yep so I should have just let them go in, I guess. What I was told is, you know, they just go and grab my shoes, go to the VA, and I can check myself out. But my libertarian came out. My anarchist came out. Yeah, my, your Fourth Amendment libertarian kicked yeah, in real all, strong right there. All of that came out. I said, no, I'll go get it myself. So when they said, we're not going to let you, 
I said, then I don't want to go to the VA. And as soon as I said that, uh, two, two of them just, I don't even remember. I don't remember how it happened. That's how fast it was. They were right behind me and the, then the cuffs were on. And I was like, what the hell? And I was, I was like, are you kidding me? You know? Cause... So wait, I have, did you take that picture while in cuffs? Yes. It hurt. That, yeah, I know some people didn't believe it. That but. is impressive. I did not think that you were in cuffs when you took that picture. That is yeah. really impressive. Yeah, the cuffs were on, and like I had to like through the cuffs, twist my <laughs> twist my hands like this so I can like take it. Wait, I waited for the cop to be in the frame, which is good. Uh, <laughs> and then when he saw me take it, he opened the door and said, "We need your phone." <laughs> um, but yeah, and they were assholes, man. Like. Then they just left me there for like 10 minutes. And I was like, well, you're obviously not trying to help me. Um, the cuffs fucking hurt. I got, I got, um, I got a shoulder injury that's old and it, the, the way my shoulder was in made it hard. Cause, um, well, like jumping out of airplanes, landing, I have an, uh, uh it's like a scar right under my scapula that, uh, and it was hurting. I was like, yo, there's no way for me to get out. There's no weapon. Just uh, does take this off. They weren't hearing it. Um, so then they, you know, went to the VA and I kept pleading with everybody that I wasn't trying to kill myself, which I truly was not. I was at one point in my life or maybe twice. This was last year, last time. Um, and I was like, no, I'm not trying to kill myself, but it doesn't matter what I say because this is now the stigma of a combat veteran wants to kill himself whenever something bad's happening, which is kind of fucked up. Like we're, we're not all trying to kill ourselves. Um, in fact, you know, a lot of times I, I guess certain combat veterans will say that even I've said it before for attention because we don't know what to do because we want somebody to talk to us. Usually another veteran or something was somebody pay attention. Um, but no, that, that was not the case on Sunday. I mean, I had a I had a good Saturday night. Uh, I think I was with you because um, I wasn't. Uh, that was the day after the Pride event. So we were. No, no, no. That was. Oh, uh, well, Pride night. Pride night. Yeah. Right. Well, Pride night, I was at low tide because I was hanging out with a bunch of people. And right. I, I and I saw you there. after the parade because yeah. I had to be at the parade. So once I got back from the parade, I saw you and you seemed. I mean, you were muddy, but you seemed fun. yeah, yeah. You you seemed like you yeah. So it, that's why the next day when people were like, "What's going on?" I was like, oh, "He was fine yesterday." Yeah, so yeah. Was, and yeah. it was a late it was a late night. It was a late night for me too, later than most nights because. Oh, um, uh, uh, then you lied to me. You said you were going home at eleven thirty. I was at low tide till it closed. Not that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. I promise. Uh, if if not, then I, maybe I stayed up late because I posted. Like two different statuses. Yeah, you posted on that two different early statuses, but Sunday you were, morning. You were okay, so you posted Joe. I just pulled a U at low tide, and he said, "Oh, did you throw up in the trash can or the street yeah, or whatever?" And yeah. He said, "No, the back alley." And shortly after that, I saw that status, and you're like, "Okay, I have to go." And you left at like eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and I just assumed you'd had too much cava. Well, I guess then I did go home. Yeah, but it was I, I did stay up later than usual. Um, cause then I posted like an AMA and then I, <laughs> cause I was bored and I said, you know, Oh, Eid Mubarak, which is Sunday was the first day after Ramadan ended. It's a big feast. People go to pray and, uh, it's a pretty fun time. So I was fine. I was, I was absolutely fine. There was, n- 
things were looking good. We're talking about t-shirts. We're talking about the show going well. There's no reason for me to want to kill myself. And nobody was going to listen to any of that at the VA and neither and were the cops. Anyway, so. hmm? I'm in your life anyway. Yeah, he so is. Yeah. Why, why would you ever want that not to be a thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I spent three days. Uh, they had to move me from Bay Pines. They didn't have beds to um, to Tampa against my will. It was pretty shitty. And uh, no, nobody cared. I was the whole the whole story to them. Anyways, was I was trying to kill myself, and it's like they wanted they wanted me to believe that I was trying to kill myself so they can treat me for wanting to kill myself, which just wasn't the case. At one point, the um, <laughs> the suicide prevention person came here, and I was telling everybody the whole time I was going to sue everybody. <laughs> uh, Suicide prevention person came in my room and, um, <laughs> are you trying to kill yourself? No, I told you guys, all of you, I'm not trying to kill myself. Are you this trying to hurt anybody? No, I'm not. What's your reason to live to sue the shit out of you people when I get out of here? <laughs> yes, that, was, that was my statement. And I don't know if they're supposed to come back every day. I guess they were, but they didn't after that. <laughs> um, but one thing I, one thing I do want to point out yeah. is, uh, for all of the people who follow us on Facebook and who are friends with you on Facebook, friends with me on Facebook, there was such an outpouring of support and concern that it like, even though my phone was blowing up constantly with uh friend requests from people I'd never met, which I accepted all of them just so they could message me easier and I would see them. Um, yeah. Thank you for that, dude. Yeah. Anytime. I thank ne- everybody ne- that next time that out. happens. You know, I'm there for you. Um, but uh, there were just so many people that were like, hey, is he okay? Does he need anything? And it, it really felt good. One of my friends that you have never met from Tennessee called me last night at like one in the morning. And he was uh, asking me if you were okay. And he was just like, yeah, I just, you know, I kind of saw some stuff on Facebook. I just want to know if uh, Muhammad's okay. And my first question was, did you meet Muhammad? <laughs> and he was like, no. I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. But it was just, there was an amazing outpouring of just like genuine concern and care for you. And yeah. that was really awesome to see. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, thank you I to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to everybody who was out there who genuinely cared and wasn't just there playing the Facebook detective looking for the drama. Yeah. Who actually <laughs> genuinely cared and was concerned. And that was really awesome. Yeah. And I do the same for every single one of you, too. A um, bunch of people from the Kava community reached out, and obviously <laughs> the libertarians uh, going out there trying to ask what's going on. And the reason I actually made that post, by the way, um, is because I wanted it to be – it was going to come out. I mean, I'm not just going to go silent randomly for three days. It was going to come out, and I wanted it to be me – that was that was I knew, I knew what it was going to sound like like I literally I needed some phone numbers to call people and I didn't know no, I don't memorize my nobody memorizes really numbers anymore except no. for your ex's number or whatever right um not even that one not even that one yeah I know my best friend's number from when I was like 13 I know his parents number which isn't even a number anymore uh as I found out and I know his cell phone number and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like anybody else, if they're not in my cell, I'm not calling them. Yeah. Um, so I didn't memorize any number. So I was like, I need my phone. So I got the phone 
and uh, one guy that that came in after the other guy that was watching me let me use it, and I think he saw me post what I was posting and just didn't say anything. Um, like he's, he's is that the one where you said I literally had to steal my phone to make this post? Yes. <laughs> And I knew it was going to sound crazy because I was just like, I'm being held against my will at the VA. Obviously, that's going to sound exactly like it's going to sound like Baker Acts. Yes. I don't, I don't know what they're called in other states, um, but um, that's why, I, that's why I posted it right away because I wanted it to be out of, out of. I wanted it to be. I wasn't going to be able to talk for three days. I wanted it to be initially in control of what's going on, and I wanted to make the point that I was being held against my will. Um. So, um, were you able to dip while you were in there? No, no, I, I they gave me patches and nicotine lozenges, um, mm. which was, which was good enough. It worked. Um, it wasn't fun. They asked, they asked me questions like, you know, are you sleeping well? And my obvious answer was you took me, uh, this, I, I answered everything like sort of like an asshole, I guess, but um wait you did yeah <laughs> that's so weird that's so out of character for you. <laughs> i was like yeah you guys took me out of out of my home um and you're you're putting me here against my will i don't have access to my nicotine or my music or my books i don't i'm not sleeping well but it's good enough for uh for me being here and the thing is it was really scary um First of all, the whole being taken away thing against my will was scary. Uh, I knew they did it, and I always hated it. I always hated that Baker Act before I was a part of it. Um, man, th- there's so many different uh, uh, facets to this story because uh, I had a lot of time to think about a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, but, uh, for example, <clears throat> uh, they claimed they were trying to help me. Uh, I, I don't think they were. I, I don't think putting anybody against their will like that is going to help anybody. A lot of people may disagree with me on this, and I'll answer that as we're going. Um, but the first thing is holding me against my will like that. Hated it, no, and it didn't matter. The doctor I had, who, as you all have noticed, I call Dr. Asshole, <laughs> is because he basically he made... He made a threat that he could hold me there longer. Talked about a Baker 32 because that was Baker BA 52, Baker Act 52. There's a Baker Act 32 where he can hold me longer. And then when I told that to some of the other guys in there, they said they need a court order and you have to have actually given them a reason. So when he made that threat again the next day, I told him, "You're." I, I, I talked to him back and I was like, yo, no, you're not going to be able to do that. Just like an asshole you know that's me um and uh then this this doctor tried to counsel me on my life um telling me what i need to do when i get out and all this it's like dude i don't have a you don't know me you know and that's what i saw on the cops and really everybody that's had their hands on me at one mo- at one point or the other because a lot of people try to tell me that they're responsible to me and Maybe by law they are responsible for me or whatever, even though no threats were made. But, you know, nobody knew. Nobody knows me. They don't know who my friends are. They don't know what kind of animals I like. They don't know what kind of music I like. They don't know what I do. And my life stopped for those three days. I, if they were responsible for me, was anybody out there trying to find me because uh, uh, I just lost my job? Um, 
was anybody out there trying to find a, a job for me when I got out? Nope, nobody was doing that. Was anybody trying to find the future ex-girlfriend of Muhammad? Nope. I no. try to do that every day, just so you know. <laughs> Anyways, you get the point. Right. No, absolutely. No, you're not. Obviously, you're not responsible for my life. It just seems like society feels like they, they own my right to life. And I, I'm a proponent of euthanasia. If somebody wants assisted suicide and all that. Um, but I never gave him much thought other than that. Just this sort of individual freedom thing, right? The the ability to kill your own life, to, to end your own life. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, honestly, man, like, not that I was trying to kill myself, but I don't owe my life to my friends or my family or the Liberty Movement or the Kava community or Matt or my cats. And even though that may come off as selfish, I think it's just as selfish to assume that I, others do have their rights over my life. Um, but like I said, scariest thing was not having control. And one of the things I noticed is during those three days of stay that, that Dr. Asshole, <laughs> I only talked to him, I shit you not, maybe 15 minutes total. The whole time. That's it. So I, I, I don't understand this holder trying to help me thing. You're a psychiatrist. So you figure out if I'm a danger or not. And if I am, why only 15 minutes? That I, since, when, I, when I got my first psych appointment at the VA, it was an hour. So um, anyways, 15 minutes. Okay, so obviously you believed that I wasn't a threat and you're still holding me anyways. Or you're inadequate in doing your job. It can't be both. And I'm going to assume that Dr. Asshole kind of knows what he's doing. And they're just holding me against my will anyways. Um, so the whole the whole thing is uh, crazy. I'm glad I'm out of there. Um, I, w- I wouldn't wish this on like my worst enemy to be randomly taken against me like that against their will like that um and actually a friend of mine sorry guys i have to read this for you um a lot of you guys uh thankfully have reached out to me both while i was gone and when i came back um and a friend of me i'm gonna try to make this quick sent there me, is no way you're gonna be able to keep that quick I, you're I, gonna go way over time if you decide to get into that no 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 i'm just gonna read it real quick that, <laughs> does not meet criteria for enforcing the baker act okay reasonable belief that the person has mental illness refusal to volunteer voluntary examination the person is unable to determine whether examination is necessary criteria number two or other non-criteria criteria are not simply met because a person has mental illness, appears to have mental problems, takes psychiatric medication, or has an emotional outburst. Criteria are not simply met because a person refuses voluntary examination. Criteria are not met if there there are family members or friends that will help prevent any potential present threat or of substantial harm, such as Matt or any of my other friends here locally. The criteria stated in the statute mentions a substantial likelihood that without care or treatment, that person will cause serious bodily harm in the near future. That was not met either. To further clarify this point of substantial likelihood, there must be evidence of recent behavior to justify the substantial likelihood of serious bodily harm. 
in the near future, moments in the past when an individual may have considered harming themselves or another do not qualify the individual as meeting the criteria. My arms are fine. <laughs> Never try to cut myself. And talk about an awful way to do it. That just sounds terrible. Exp- well, which part? The cutting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I, 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 I did want to kill myself exactly almost a year ago in July. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I sat in my car and I put my gun in my mouth. I don't own my firearm anymore. I sold it to my uncle and had, don't, I don't have any contact with firearms just in case. Um, and it's, when I thought about it, I was like, it has to be the most painless, fastest way possible because I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink no fucking pills. Who knows what the hell that's going to do. And I'm not going to strangle myself. I'm not going to cut myself. No, no, no. If I was going to do it, that's how it would have. But that was a year ago. And you just heard all the not criteria. And I fit a lot of them. None. I, there was no criteria for them to take me in. Um, my world was opened as I was down there to different sorts of drugs, hydroxyzine, Seroquel, all this other stuff that I was able to go to use. And thank God they didn't push anything on me. Although to me, it did appear that they were not <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to be unfair. It just seemed like some of them just were just there for the job, you know? Um, I didn't take any of it. I was probably the most lucid person down there. I did a urine t- test for them and a blood test. And I, I know the results. There's not a single drop of marijuana in my blood or alcohol. Like nothing. There's nothing in my blood. It it was probably healthy as shit, actually. <laughs> um, minus the cholesterol. Yeah, minus the cholesterol. <laughs> so I'm sure they were all really confused. Uh, you know, like, right. okay, there's this lucid as shit guy here complaining that he shouldn't be here. Um, so... You know, everyone's been trying to tell me the Baker Act. You can't touch that. You can't touch that. And honestly, man, like I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'll be honest. I'm, I, I'm, I gotta pull my records on from the police, from St. Pete Police, and from the VA. And if if nobody lied, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, guess here. I'm just going to assume nobody lied. If nobody lied, it's going to be very obvious that they took me in by mistake and that I didn't meet any of the criteria, and I'm going to sue. Because, you know, and I was t- telling this to my friends, okay, 22 veterans kill themselves every day. Um, my freedom isn't worth those 22. I know it sounds shitty, but um, I love all our veterans. Uh I wish we had less veterans killing themselves every day, but for three days, my rights, it, it shouldn't matter. You know, that should be out of the equation, in my opinion, because, again, as I was thinking about a lot of this stuff, I was thinking um, that it's too fucking late by that point. Um, you're waiting till the veteran gets out into the civilian world where everything's really different. Um, They're trying to readjust the civilian life. All this shit happens in their head. And then they try to kill themselves, and then you want to help them. But that's too late. Why don't they start doing 
things differently to help veterans before it gets to that point if they really do care about veterans killing themselves. The first obvious one is to work on treating veterans when they come back from theater, from a deployment, and another one as they're getting out, you know? The second one, which is, I mean, I, I guess it sort of has a libertarian flavor to it, but not really. It's common sense. You look at World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, and all the big conflicts we've had so far. Um, we have always relied on draftees and uh, a, a big conscripted force to deal with those wars. World War Two for us was from 42 to 45. Uh, Korea was a lot shorter. Vietnam was a, um, a year or two longer, something like that. But case in point, well, we always had draftees. You were able to cycle different service members into these different conflicts um, where they wouldn't have to see too many war, I guess. But today, we've been at war since 2001 with a volunteer army. So if an 18-year-old enlisted in 2001, he has seen or has been at least at war since, since then till now. There are veterans out there, I don't know what the highest number is, but there are veterans out there with seven, eight, nine plus deployments. And if you just, if you, if you look at the armies, uh, just look at the armies, just because we deploy the longest. One year, um, up until 2013, it went down to nine months. Uh, Marines go out for seven, everybody else, uh, Air Force, Navy, six. Um, but anyways, look, if a soldier has seven deployments, he has seven years spent at war. That's already longer than anywhere else. Um, that's already longer than anywhere else. And maybe the first, one of the things we need to work on is to stop having all the wars, you know, um, that that's just that's an obvious fact that you're sending the same person over and over and over and over and over again and that's something that we need to look at i mean if veteran health care and mental health is really important then we got to look at everything that that counts um but on you know that's that's the whole story um any problems between my family is going to be between myself um i'm going to be looking to honestly try to sue them because of this and yes i do have mental health problems but up until from that sunday i wasn't trying to kill myself so don't worry guys and thank you so much for supporting me and you know being there for me i really appreciate it and you know you for keeping track of everybody <laughs> yeah like yeah. I said, I'll be there the next time. <laughs> so going right into it, because supposedly, oh. supposedly, <laughs> supposedly our, our stats went up while I was gone. They did. It yeah. was amazing. We shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> I shouldn't have to go to the VA for you guys to listen. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Once our, if our stats ever dip again, I'm just going to just yeah. send you on in. <laughs> Where's Muhammad? Oh, I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Just ask me any questions. Yeah. But moving on, um, moving on uh, to other issues in healthcare. Yeah. 
Uh, the the G- real show. The real show. <laughs> the GOP's uh, Trump care bill is most likely going to fail. It keeps getting pushed back. And it's an awful bill anyway, so I have zero problem with it going away. 100% okay with it. But I thought it was interesting that uh, this past week, Trump tweeted out that if the GOP can't pass this health care bill, maybe we should focus on repeal and then replace it later. And at that, I went, well, yeah. Like, that's what we've wanted all along. Yes. We want you to get rid of Obamacare. That's all you really need to do, and it will pretty much fix the system almost immediately. Yeah. Like, our system wasn't great before, but it was better than it is now. And if you get rid of Obamacare, you're going to have a bunch of insurance companies that are going to be like, okay, now we can enter it back and get back to the lower rates where we don't have to meet all of these criteria. And that way I can get the coverage that I'm looking for as opposed to a bronze, silver, or gold bullshit plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So if they would just repeal it and they could – I mean, I don't even think we need to replace it. All we need to do is, you know, in the regulation on opening up uh, trading across state lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we could trade across state lines, automatically prices would drop. Yes. And if we could just do that, that would be great. But so many other people are on uh, the we need universal health care. We, we need a single payer system. And they, you know, write cheeky little stories about how Republicans hate children and want them to die, Uh, which is odd because also this week in the UK, there's the story of poor Charlie guard. Mm -hmm. He is a 10 month old. Sorry. He was a 10 month old um, who had a rare genetic condition. Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Yeah. It was very rare. And uh, it's untreatable. He got brain damage from it. He couldn't move his limbs. His vocal cords were failing. Uh, and uh, the UK's uh, health system said, we're going to have to pull him off. And his parents said, wait, there is uh, some people in America who have worked on an experimental process to help fix this genetic condition. Uh, we would like to take him there. And they said, no. And they went through all these court rulings and the European Court of Human Rights declined to hear the case, which I find that to be just kind of mm-hmm. ironic. Yeah. Um, that the U- European Court of hu- Human Rights was just like, no, we're not going to hear it. So they deferred to the previous court ruling to withdraw life support. And like they said, no, you can't take your son home. Yeah, I, that that was the other crazy part. I, I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, they, were, they weren't allowed to take his, uh, their son home to die with them yeah they they had to have him at the hospital they did i read this morning by morning i mean afternoon uh that uh he uh that they didn't push back when they were going to pull him off so that the parents and the family could have time to say goodbye to him which i mean that's like winning yeah i'm not gonna make that joke i am yeah. not gonna make that joke um but that's like that's like not even really winning. That's, no. that's like getting a participation trophy. Yeah, yeah. Um that's a much cleaner way of saying what I was about to say. <laughs> um but but yeah, like that is what happens in universal healthcare. The government will make that decision for you on what's right to do. Like they had raised enough money to fly him to America so that they could work on him. And 
they went no yeah they made 1.4 million pounds yeah which is i don't know what that is a little bit more in dollars yeah so they had raised the money to bring him to america to work to to work on uh that condition and they were like no you can't do that because we want him to die with dignity (laughs) now a 10 month old can't and some people may say this is callous, but a 10-month-old can't die with dignity. Yeah. He doesn't know what dignity is. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't he, really know anything except mama. Right. He needs to be able to live to be able to die with dignity. Yeah. Like, you took away his chance to yeah. die with dignity. Yeah. And I was talking with uh, Sean Morrison uh, the yesterday, I think, and he was saying that there was a video game and... Uh, I'm going to paraphrase the crap out of this because mm-hmm. I halfway paid attention. But he was saying in a part of it, uh, they said something about dying with dignity. And he said, I want you to go to where all the children are laid and ask them if they died with dignity, if their deaths were worth the dignity. Yeah. And none of them will and then take the silence as your answer. Like you cannot ask Charlie if he wanted to die with dignity or not. Yeah. And maybe Charlie wanted to live. Right. And that is where that case, I think, is huge evidence that, you know, universal health care makes that decision for you. Mm -hmm. And I think the government gets to decide that that baby gets to die and they get to decide that a crazy ass combat veteran can't kill himself. Yes. Basically. Pretty much. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty sad. It is. I was going to say something about that, but I, I'm losing my train of thought just right now. Um, Do I need to call somebody? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but that's that's the whole problem with socialized um, health care, government-controlled health care, is when you, when you put a whole country uh, or the whole area – in on healthcare, you have to start shutting down or shutting out certain people from receiving certain care and services, and that's why in countries like the UK and uh, Canada they have these long, long wait times to get certain things done, um, and it's it, it's it's the same thing. In the uh, VA healthcare system, that's the that's your perfect example of government provided healthcare right there, and it's a mess and it doesn't really help anybody. It the number of veterans that die waiting on care from the VA is staggering. Um, so look at the number, just look at the number of medical advances and how many people are able to live in the United States with the system we have then look at everybody else you know it's not perfect but it's it's what we have and it's what we have to stick to um the only thing we can do is make the market a little bit freer so there's more competition and more people out there uh can go out there and start providing you know services and stuff like that i mean i i think i talked about it once like all these regulations and maybe you guys don't know about this, but um, when I when I got out of the army, I was I was still in Fort Bragg. At a few months out, and I contacted the Florida Department of Health because I wanted to get 
information on how to be a medic here in Florida when I got back. Um, and I don't know if you all know any other uh, medics. Uh, I'm going to talk specifically about medics because that's what I know. The book test that we take, it's part of the National Registry EMT, uh, NREMT. I feel like this is the third time you've told this on this show. Probably, but it's relevant. <laughs> um, the book test has nothing to do with the actual job of being out there in the field. Um, like, it's all good knowledge, but once you're out there in the field, it works a lot different than there. Anyways, got out, four years experience. I failed my test, um, which is fine, whatever. Uh, they wanted me to, they wanted me to st- study it again and I could have retaken it in a month and I was just pissed off. I was like, nope, like if that's the case, I'm not going to do it. Especially once I found out that EMT basics, which is what I was licensed, uh, civilian wise only made like 11 or $12 an hour. And I would have made that money basically helping, uh, uh, an actual medic and driving the ambulance. But medics in the army, depending on your unit, know a lot more than the regular EMT basics. Like, yes, that is the civilian licensing we have. But in the military, you have a wide scope of practice. You basically learn whatever uh, different PAs and physicians are willing to teach you. So for my experience, for example, uh, I attended two separate life tissue labs. Basically, we used... Um, their patients, um, goats and pigs that were, um, it's always about goats with you people. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> uh, they were sedated and paralyzed and we were able to practice our, uh, interventions on those patients. I can intubate. I can definitely do IVs, um, way better than those people at the hospital can. Um, uh, I can, um, I, I know how to do chest tubes. Uh, I, I pharmacology, I know a lot of pharmacology and for what I was able to do in the army, I could also assess and diagnose certain basic, basic ailments and, um, and treat them. Uh, but because my only certification allowed me to be an EMT basic, basically they, that's According to that, my knowledge is confined to whatever that license is, which is which is bullshit because I obviously know how to do a lot more than that. And I think that is a problem because the two biggest things is you just stop me from getting a job and you also have kept the local community from having me out there trying to help out and and do whatever I can to save other people that I may be called on to go assist. Um, so there's a lot of things we need to do to fix healthcare in this country and go in the lazier route of Medicare for all is not the best way to do it. I agree with that. Who's a big supporter of that? Oh, I'm sorry. Of what? Medicaid for all. I mean, I, I think Bernie Sanders. And so, speaking of Bernie Sanders. Ah, <laughs> speaking of Bernie Sanders. I was really hoping you were going to get that one right on the first try. My bad. <laughs> speaking of Bernie Sanders, he is currently under, F, he and his wife are currently under FBI investigation. Well, I don't know if he is, but Jane he, is. He, I be, well, I know he's going to have to testify. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I believe that I believe the investigation encompasses both of them, um, because of his knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his wife Jane was the former president of Burlington College from '04 to 2011. We looked it up on Google. It's permanently closed. It's permanently closed. <laughs> They've got a neat little the Ghostbusters no symbol. Yeah, this yeah. is permanently closed. It's yeah. like all right, great, uh, and. Yeah, so from is that 2004 10? to, <laughs> to 2011, right she was the president. And um, in 2010, she falsi- she basically falsified documents to obtain a $10 million grant because she was trying to expand the size of the school grounds with a 33-acre property that she was buying. Um, and the... The shitty thing about this part is that there were people living and it was like a community home and she basically had agreed to re- to help relocate those people. And then she tried to push them off the property. Wow. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember reading about this last year. Um, right. I, re- I remember hearing about it last year and kind yeah. of glancing at a couple of articles. But I think you and I felt the same way that yeah. nothing was going to come of it. Yeah. And uh, apparently the FBI is jumping on top of this one. Yeah. Because yeah. they really want. And this was started under like Obama, not under Trump for anybody wondering. <laughs> it's not an agenda. It was it was still under Comey at that point. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty interesting story to follow. Um, and actually, I, even and the hypocrisy there is just ungodly. Yeah, it is amazing. It is just amazing that somebody who's like, "Oh yeah, we can't cheat." You know, we're these people are cheating the American people. These people are cheating the American people. His wife cheated the American people. She yes. che- she cheated the government. She cheated the American people. She cheated the American tax dollars, and she got people kicked off of their their own property. Yeah, she lied about the. Uh, so basically, what she did is she lied about the number or the amount of donations. Um, I guess the the loan was going to be tied into the amount of donations that the college would receive for this new property. And at the time, they were dealing with um, uh, what you call financial issues at the school. Um, they weren't, they were, they weren't making enough money. Um, and she only had collected, I believe, $700,000, um, not enough to cover enough for 10 million, but it's a pretty crazy story. Um, and there'll, you know, we'll be following the story and see what ends up happening with Jane and Bernie. Yeah. Bernard. Um, I'm going to leave it up to you on this one. Uh, we've only got time, really, for one more topic. So we can talk about Sam Sam Gerard, mm-hmm. or we can talk about the author authorization of use of military force. Yeah, we can try to we can try to do both. But um, since we always talk about the war stuff, um, you want to talk Sam? Yeah, let's talk Sam. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it has to do with regulations again. It does. So Sam Gerard is a Amish person. Uh, he's an Amish guy out of Kentucky who would constantly go to like the uh, farmer's markets kind of thing. And he would sell a uh, lotion, cream, solve, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, was supposed to be helpful for 
things. Um, and he was told by the FDA that he had to stop, and he didn't. He continued. Yeah. He continued to make it. He'd been making it for like six years. Yeah, I believe uh, he was making it for like six years with no issues. I no actually think it was no, no. I think it was way longer than that. I think he's been he'd been making it for a while. So fair, nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. So nobody had ever reported an issue with it, uh, and then somebody wrote a review of it. I believe uh, somebody wrote a review of it and said it was really great to help with insert medical condition here. Yeah, and the FDA saw this review and said, hey, your product doesn't say that it's not intended to treat or cure any medical ailments or whatever it's supposed to say. I'm pretty certain that's almost a direct quote because I have to say yeah. that a lot about Kratom. Yeah. Um, but uh, he didn't put it on there because he never claimed that it did treat any medical ailments. Somebody who wrote a review did, and they put him in prison for six years. Yep. Well, they sent sentenced him to prison for six years. I don't know if he's going to be there for the entire time, but that's a travesty. That's insane. Yeah. This guy's been making this, not making any claims on it. He's just saying, this is my stuff. It may help with dry skin. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's not selling anything based on medical uh, yeah. benefits of it. He's just selling the stuff that people wanted to buy, that people <clears throat> were obviously purchasing and the FDA comes in and is like, no, screw you. You don't get to do that. We're taking this right away from you. And because you refuse to uh, comply with the rules that we're setting forth and because you refuse to stop selling, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to put you in jail for six years. Yes. And his I read his um, court transcript and what he said, and I wish I had written it down, but what he said was. Just so he refused to get a lawyer. Yeah. And he says, I do not respect this law. Yeah. I do not respect this court. And I was like, mm -hmm. you just became one of my heroes, man. For those not watching, I'm holding up this drink in front of the camera for those watching. Um, that's Kratom. And always when we're, well, we, I don't work in the Kava community, but when it's being served, and while we were fighting the EPA on their emergency scheduling of it, one of the most important things that came down the grapevine for all the uh, Kratom activists was to never make any medical claims about uh, Kratom because it, I, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. Yeah. I mean, you'd know more about that than I because yeah, you we, were... we, we cannot say that uh, Kratom... We we can say that it gives you energy like coffee, mm -hmm. but we can't say that Kratom will help with your focus or help with your energy. Like it, we can't make any claims that it'll help with a medical yeah. uh, disease. Yeah, it doesn't have any medical purposes. Um, we can't say that it will help cure cancer. Yeah, or that it'll um, help with uh, ED or anything mm -hmm. along those lines. Those are sentences. Those are phrases that we cannot say while selling it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and that's uh, like I kind of understand it because anybody can make any outlandish claims. Like I could bag up some grass and try well, to sell it, but at the same time, at the same time, we aren't breaking any laws. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I made uh, I made 
when I made my posts about my captivity, uh, I was saying how I converted a guy to libertarianism. It was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he had asked me a question on, like, uh, well, anybody could claim anything and, and sell anything. And, you know, what I told him was, at the end of the day, um, nobody should come in between two consenting adults on how to commerce. So nobody has forced me to come and buy the Kratom from Low Tide, Kava Bar, or any of the other Kava Bars right. ever, or Kava, none of that. No one's ever forced me to do that. It's been me out of my own free will heading down there because, I mean, let's just say initially I had a lot of friends that would hang out at, it was Matt Hatter's, um, and I decided to sit down. I saw people drinking it, and I decided to buy it, and I liked it, and I bought more. And same thing with this, with um, Samuel Girard or Gerard. Um, I even have a friend, uh, Rachel, um, she... Uh, doesn't make any medical claims, but uh, she makes a lot of like uh, very natural herbal type stuff that she sells. Um, and I actually, I use one of them. It's a body butter thing. Um, she didn't force me to buy it. I decided I want to use it. And so I went to her and said, hey, my skin's dry now. What do you have? And she said, I have this. Does and she told me what it's made with. It works. Huh. Yeah. I use it I, I use it when because kava can dry you out if you drink it on the amount I do. Um Okay, let me rephrase that for him. <laughs> if you drink kava at the amount that he does, kava will dry you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it can. It might. No. Yeah. It's going to if you drink it at the amount that he does or the amount that I do. Yeah. Like I don't know. If you can see, if you're listening, you obviously can't. But my hands are very dry right now, and that's because I probably had a glass of water in three days, and I've had a lot of kava. Uh, so kava is definitely going to dry you out. So many of us in the kava community will use <laughs> lotions and yeah. other things in order to uh, make sure that our skin stays at least somewhat yeah. normal-looking and not-so-80-year-old man hands-ish. Yeah. And that's the only side effect of a... Aside from like, if I really have a bad day and I just, I'm having too much throwing up, but the other, the only side effect I've ever had that would be considered bad is, uh, the dry skin. So she has the product that I needed to buy it. It's not, it's, I mean, as far as I know, it hasn't gone, it has not gone through FDA approval. Yeah. And it's because it's a natural herbal product, not claimed to be medicinal, which is the same thing that Samuel's doing. He's never claimed for it to be medicinal. Neither does she. Right. Somebody else made that claim. Like, yeah, a reviewer made that claim. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like me saying uh, my universal remote cured my cancer yeah. and they were like oh well jvc needs to stop selling that remote because they're claiming it cures cancer so i like it's just yeah, it, it's like an amazon review right it's just idiotic that 
the FDA came down, especially to the degree that they can't like any degree is a bad degree, but six years in prison for this Mm -hmm. because you're trying to take away this guy's livelihood. He never made these claims. Like he's just out there selling his product that people are buying. He is uh, offering something that people want. Yes. And the FDA went, no, you can't do that. Like that is an extreme overreach. Yeah. In my personal opinion. And like we we can have the conversation at another time. I want to do it on regulations. Why when the government does a regulation, it's inefficient and the alternatives to government regulation um, at another time. But for now, seriously, this is this is messed up. They just just decide that it's not good and that you want to stop people from doing what they want basically. Yep. And you're just trying to hold, sh- yeah, you're just trying to restrict what they are able to do. Yeah. And obviously as libertarians, we think that if you're not hurting anybody, forcing them to do anything, you're not, you know, you're not violent. You should be able to do whatever type of, job or commerce you want if somebody else is enlisting your help to do that thing kind of like man one two years ago uh, my father wanted to expand our driveway so what he did was uh, my dad's a handyman he he knows all the kind of stuff he's 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 a hands-on guy he dug up the area we he wanted to make bigger into the driveway. He dug it up, uh, got all the dirt out, bought all the cement from some company. Uh, they brought the cement, and then he had some helpers and myself uh, get the cement down on the ground and even it out, and boom. We had a driveway that was twice as big as um, the one we had. Uh, and then a few days later, uh, the Gust- uh, city um, came by, saw that, and they knocked on the door and they served him with a notice that uh, that he would get a fine if he doesn't break up that extra part because it wasn't checked by the uh, fucking regulatory people. Which is absolutely insane because it's his own property. If he wants his driveway to be bigger, why do you need a permit to do it? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's an egregious overreach of government control because he just wanted to make his driveway, yeah, six feet bigger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Uh, I mean, you don't. And as we all know, you don't really own your property since you're always paying taxes on it, anyways. Um, but yeah, and th- this goes beyond that. I mean, it goes to adding an extra room. It goes to building a shed in the backyard. They got to look at those two, but cement, like just laying down cement, you can't do it. So nope. all that money, like we're not rich. So all that money my father had spent on the driveway, gone. There's no way to bring it back. Gone. And all that, all the man hours put into it, it's gone. Just because the government decided that it they didn't get to check it for standards or blah 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 blah, government babble. Yes. Uh, 
So, yeah. So, yeah, that is just about all the time we have for today. Thank Mo, you. Thank, I, thank you for joining us, guys. Yeah. Mo, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm glad, too. Yeah. So, next week, we uh, should have uh, two shows. Yes. Because we were supposed to have one on Wednesday, but for whatever, yeah. for yeah. whatever reason, we didn't. And <laughs> uh, so we're going to try to get uh, one of our guests back on the show. We're going to see if Greg Bowen will come down. And we are going uh, to look into the Libertarian Party and talk about the failings of the Libertarian Party. Yes, that's going to be on Wednesday. That's going to be the Wednesday. We might have another guest on Saturday. I got to talk to him still. Um, if we're lucky and he has time... I want to bring Bob White on. He, I've already gotten a yes on that. Okay, cool, cool. So in the future, we will be getting Bob White on. He's um, Florida uh, Republican Liberty Caucus yep. chair. The same, uh, yeah, same same group I'm in. He's just up with another group, um, and um, he is he he's going to be running for uh, governor here in Florida. Yes, um, and he's. He's got my vote. He's one of the best people out there. Uh, if you're not friends with him, uh, feel free to look him up on Facebook. He's a great guy. Um, big libertarian, uh, just like me, happens to wear the Republican Party name uh, on our <laughs> sleeves, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you want one of these great shirts that I've got on right now. Oh, I uh, got to give a shout out to somebody. Sorry. I promised him. I you, promised him. I w- you just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so John can... Sterner. Oh, uh, I don't know when why? I'm bringing you on the show, but thank you so much for being there for me when I didn't have any dip and you gave me a pretty much half a can of uh, Grizzly Wintergreen Long Cut. I promised it to him, man. Uh, it was kind of late and... Uh, I couldn't go and get any, so. Gotcha. He yeah. asked if you could Thanks, check a John. prostrate. We'll talk off, offline on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, thank you all for listening. If you want one of these shirts, go to our website, muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Find that little store button, and you'll get the link to where you can get these. Uh, again, muddied, uh, facebook.com backslash muddiedwatersoffreedom. Instagram, you can find us at muddiedwatersoffreedom. Or on Twitter, you can find us at muddied underscore waters. Thank you all so much. Please like, please share, please tell all of your friends about us. And, uh, well. All right, guys. As always, remember where we're going? We don't need roads. <laughs>